Hey everybody, welcome to the Resilient Athlete Project. I am your host, Zach Wagner. This is our first full-length episode, so thanks for joining us. Today I have on the show my good friend, Jason Chisholm. He is a former Division I athlete and current youth sports coach who I have been working with pretty closely, especially over the past few months, working with some small groups and um, just getting into some training. So we cover a ton of great stuff. Uh, Just a few highlights are uh, talking about why strength conditioning is so important, talking about sports as a model for life, talking about outcomes versus process in terms of goal setting. You know, we talk a lot about just resilience in general, obviously, and um, just get into different things about exercise and training and really have a great conversation. So um, you guys will see why Jason and I get along so well and we've got some great content. So without further ado, I bring you Jason Chisholm. All right, welcome back to the Resilient Athlete Project. I'm your host, Zach Wagner. And I'm here today with my good friend Jason Chisholm. Um, I thought nobody better to have on for the first official podcast episode here since he's somebody that I've been working with a lot recently. Oh wow, pressure's mounting already. Right, number one. Okay. Um, So we'll get into kind of how we've been working together, but um, what's going on, Jason? Yeah, no, I'm just uh, excited to help out with the project here. I think it's a really cool thing, and and hopefully we'll get some content together that people find useful. Yeah. yeah, let's just let's just dive into it, man. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I think the we've talked a lot about sort of the the goal of the podcast mm-hmm. in the past, and it's kind of just like creating a place for, you know, you work with a lot of youth athletes. I mm-hmm. do as well, but even just athletes in general to understand how they can be more resilient, how they can stay healthier, perform better, and kind of you know stay in the game is the way I put it. Yeah. Um, so why don't you just kind of give everybody an idea of your background? specifically as an athlete and just anything else you think is important for people to know yeah yeah no um i mean i was i was a multi-sport athlete um growing up you know all through middle school and high school in high school you you begin to specialize a little bit more and football became began to become my 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 primary sport and then i was fortunate enough to be a, a varsity athlete at a division one college boston university where i played football um and uh, had a, had a tremendous time i mean you know, just being a college athlete at that level was exceptional because one, the experiences that I got to have playing the sport that I love, but just also the access to different people from different places, different experiences, being able to travel the country, playing a, a pretty pretty competitive, um, I think I think quality level of football. Yeah. Uh, but also what what my time at BU gave me, along with a world class education, um, was it gave me the opportunity to actually train under an individual by the name of Mike Boyle, who, mm-hmm. for those of you who are familiar with the strength and conditioning circles, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. Mike is absolutely a guru, so shout out to Coach Boyle. Hopefully <laughs> this content makes its way to you at some point. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'd love to tell you that I was, you know, all-world, all-American <laughs> NFL prospect, but to be honest with you, I was somebody that was really just happy to be there, and, and, and fortunately I was blessed with with some level of athletic ability that allowed me to have some measure of success, but I was not an all-star. Uh, but someone, something that I was, was I, I definitely was a gym rat. And I probably spent a lot of time hanging out with Coach Boyle and eventually um, Coach Harris, who took over for Coach Boyle at, at, at Boston University. So that's, that's Glenn Harris. And I always enjoyed being in the gym, working out, training, and all the aspects of that. And one of the goals that I walked away with from college was I always wanted to make sure that 
regardless of what I was doing and what stage in life I was in, that I was still able to train and function. I never wanted to be one of those guys that said, hey, I played D1 football, and someone went, you? Right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, so, so that's, that's my background uh, up until, you know, and after college. And, and now, you know, I've got three young boys, and so I'm active in youth sports and coaching. And, um, you know, I, I, I train here at BFIT Strength and Conditioning, and that's how you and I met and connected. And so, yeah, so that, that's... You know, it's kind of me in a nutshell, um, you know, and looking to carry on with the journey, right? I think fitness is a journey and doesn't mm-hmm. have an endpoint. So yeah, right on. Yeah, for a little bit of context, we we are in the gym. We're in my office in the gym right now, so yep. where my practice is. So that's what we're. If you hear occasional occasional clinks and bars rattling on the floor, that's why. Just but people get more awesome, right? Right. It's the ambiance. I think that's uh, that's important. So it's good. Oh. I remember one time I walked into a, a powerlifting gym when I lived in Medford. I was like, you know, let's see what this place is about. And I walked in, and as soon as I walked in at the desk, the Olympic lifting platforms were, like, right over where the desk was. Yeah. And there were, these, the, like, suspended ceiling tiles. And, like, every, <laughs> like, five to eight seconds, it's just this, like, massive crash. And everything <laughs> shook. I was like, all right, I, I can get behind this. Right. People are getting serious up here. So right. it's always a good thing. You know where you are now as soon as you walk in. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so you mentioned working with, with Mike Boyle, who obviously, especially in this area, you know, is, mm-hmm. is, is a huge authority, you know. Um, I met him. I've got good friends who coach for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he that whole world is him and Eric Cressy and yep. Mike Reinold and, like, everybody that's kind of around Boston. I've learned from all of them and have uh, a lot of connections with them. So, yeah. you know, you find good people find each other. Yes. For sure. Yeah, I know? think knowledge shared is knowledge uh knowledge is that's responsible right that's responsibility of those with knowledge is to share it and you know those that are looking for the knowledge if you do your research and you open yourself up you know you'll find it one way or another yeah you know i think you know some people would say that that my that boils come training methods are are a little different a little i guess controversial in some ways but (laughs) i think it's just people kind of i think you know you're not you haven't made it unless somebody's trying to trying to break you down or something like that yeah right if you got haters your job is to do what get more haters yeah right right. it means you're doing something right you know and and he's he's somebody who i've looked up to and learned a lot from for sure you know so we can probably get into some of the specifics later but but he does a lot of really really good work and i have people who coach coach with him that i know so um once again shout out to coach boyle but yeah right on yeah (laughs) Um, one thing I wanted to touch on that you said is that, you know, obviously you're a naturally gifted athlete because you ended up in division one football, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like the, the top of right. the top. And I find that's a pretty common theme with, with people who kind of gravitate towards the strength conditioning side of things, because that takes them closer to the top level athletes. Oh, right? absolutely. If you're constantly strength training, if you're working on strength, power, agility, speed, whatever, you're, you're optimizing yourself, Yep. you know, so that's why it's so important. But then if you combine that kind of work ethic with being like a super naturally gifted athlete, that's when you get people who are just like top of the game, cream of the crop. Yeah. Freaks. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. we like to say. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you, so if we're being specific, you know, I was a one double a athlete. Um, now we've got FBS and FCS. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, FCS is, what was once historically one double A football. And it's interesting, if you look at a lot of NFL rosters, you'll find there's a pretty healthy amount of folks that are on NFL squads that come from the the you know the FCS ranks, right? And one of the theories is, and would love to hear what other people out there think about this, is that one of the reasons why is that, um, to your point, 
there's a work ethic that kind of gets instilled and in sort of, a, you know, you're looking down on, you think we're lesser than, and these are some really good athletes or some great gifted athletes that come from there. And I think usually it's just a, a matter of coming from maybe a smaller program, maybe the high schools they came from weren't as, as well known. Um, you know, maybe they were just an inch shorter or a step or two slower at the time that they graduated, but with hard work and effort, you find that you can, you can very quickly close that gap, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, again, uh, you know, I think it's really all about the level of effort that you put into it and the knowledge you're exposed to. And I think with some of that, that work ethic that you probably get at that level of football, I think that translates into sort of after the game is over, right? You still have that drive. You're still looking for, to find ways to improve, you know, because when you're at the top of the mountain, right, there's only one place to go but down, as they <laughs> say, right? And if you're, you know, sort of at that peak and you can see it, I think that's something that always sticks with you. And I can tell you that for me, that's always been a motivating force of, you know, when, the when, when there was an earlier period in my athletic career, if I had just pushed a little harder or if I had been exposed to things then that I got exposed to later, you know, you can't help but wonder, well, what might that have looked like, you know? And I think an unhealthy attitude is to dwell on that too much, mm. right? I think a healthy attitude is to say, hey, you know what? I'm where I'm supposed to be right now and I can still influence and affect change in other athletes. I can share the lessons that I've learned. And I've got, as I said, I've got, I've got boys of my own, right? And so if anything, if they have a passion for the game and sports, which I hope they do, you know, I can be a resource for them. Um, I think it, it, I think it'd be interesting to talk and at some point have a con, you know, maybe a, a, a chat about parents, uh, maybe trying to live too much through their kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that's something that you definitely want to watch out for. Um, and I can tell you that as as a youth athlete coach and trainer as well, um, that's something you're very aware of is the parents, you know, because you want that healthy balance of parental support. But you don't want to slip into that slippery slope of parent trying to live through the child. Yeah, right? yeah, so. absolutely. I think you've mentioned a couple of things. One is that, you know, the vast majority, the vast majority of kids who play sports are not going to be professionals. The mm -hmm. vast majority of them are not even going to be D1 or whatever. But so many of them do it. And so many of us find value in it. It's not because, yeah. always because of the specific sport. It's because, like you said, the things you learn oh, uh, yeah. about work ethic and teamwork and, and you know, working against adversity and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, that's what people get out of it, you know. So that ties in with the whole parents trying to live vicariously through their kids. Oh, absolutely. Like, well, it's funny because, like, there was a – I was watching the news this morning. I was actually watching the Today Show, and I think it was uh, – there's like a, a, an hour that starts where, you know, they change hosts and things like that. And um, that one of the topics they were talking about was youth sports. And I think the statistics that were thrown out there and someone fact checked me, but I think it was like uh, this year in 2019, actually last year, 2019, it was $17 billion a year was, was the total revenue generated from youth sports, which was, I think, up by like three or four billion hmm. compared to the year prior to that. So there's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of pressure because I think a lot of parents are sort of thinking this is the way, right? And the fact of the matter is, you know, I think it's less than 4% of high school athletes will go on to play college sports. And of that, only 1% go on to play professionally. And we're not talking just yeah. NFL. We're just talking like... Professionally at all. Yeah, getting yeah. paid at all. So it's 1% of the top 4%. Yeah. That's a yeah. tiny, tiny amount. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, so... Which means I don't think it's a bad idea for parents to have aspirations right. for their kids to at least get to college, right? Because we know tuition costs are only going up and, <laughs> you know, we, we want to make sure that our 
our youth sports and youth athletes or our athletes have something to to aspire to, right? But let's just be realistic, Sorry, right? I just wanted to see where you guys were. We're here. That was one of our guys right there. buddy. It's all good. <laughs> we're here. There's one of, one, of, one of the boys. Yeah. Yep, one of the boys. We keep them in the gym all the time. <laughs> but I, th- I think it's important to understand that there is a difference between goals and requirements, right? Like, I think it should be a goal for your kids to try and go as far as they can as long as they're passionate and loving the sport. I don't think it should ever be a requirement. Yeah, if, I mean, that, if that's your your plan, I think you're probably setting yourself up for a little bit of failure there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a very healthy parent to child relationship. But no. the other thing, the other part of that is is the whole idea of outcomes versus process. Yeah. So we only have so much control over outcomes, especially yep. in sports. Like speaking of things that kids and everybody learns from sports. Like yeah. You can put everything you in that you think you should. You can do the best you possibly could, and you still lose. Or you still get, you know, something crappy happens because, oh, yeah. you know, somebody's better than you or because huh. the ball bounces the wrong way or, or whatever, yeah. you know. So focusing on the process of the sports and the process of how you get better as an athlete and as a person will always benefit you. Yeah. But, you know, saying like, oh, you have to win, yeah. you know, this thing or go exactly. to this level or go to this school or whatever. Like, that's not helpful. No. And, and, and you said earlier about just how that translates into, into real life and adulthood. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons, regardless of the sport, right? You know, if you think about practice and preparation versus game time, all the practice, all the preparation you do, when you do it right, it just gives you an opportunity. Like, you get an opportunity to play. You get an opportunity to maybe win. It's not guaranteed. And so if you think about life, right, you've got that job interview, those people that prepare and and, and, and do the work ahead of time and then show up for the interview – are you still guaranteed the job? No, you know, if anything, maybe you have a little sense of confidence, you've done everything you can, but what you're doing is you're showing up for the opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? And I think sports is one of those things where it really does show you and condition you to deal with those real life situations when they come up, right? Right. Loss is inevitable at some point, but what you learn from that is the thing that you can control and take away, right? right? Yeah. And obviously winning is just phenomenal. We want to win at everything, right? And, and we love that. But yeah, I think it's definitely, I think that's something that if, if there was a message we could send to everybody and they would hear this, it would be, you know, rather than focusing on the potential end game of professional sports and even college sports, uh, I'd say, you know, focus on the long-term results and benefits of just realizing and learning how Developing that skill set for grinding and working hard and, and achieving goals is going to serve you throughout your entire life. Yeah, well said. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, that the reason that we put the, I put the term resilient in the name of yeah. the podcast is just something that I like to talk about a lot. It's a term I use with my athletes a lot. Um, but I'm wondering, like, to you, just when I say that, the word resilient, relying when it's applied to athletes, like what do you, what does that make you think of? Yeah, no, I think it goes back to, you know, when you talk about uh, the process and the outcome, I think resilient is going to allow you to ride the waves of the process, whatever that is, whatever stage you're at in life too, right? I believe that um, there's an athlete that lives within every single human being. It's just a matter of figuring out what your modality might be, what your method of training might be, what your interest is. You know, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of folks uh, that just never find that. Mm -hmm. And so they're walking around thinking, I don't really like working out. I don't like exercise. I don't like sport. 
right? Well, to that I say, well, maybe we just didn't find your thing. Yeah. And, and that's fine, right? But when you start getting into resilience, to me, you know, resilience is the ability to withstand and to carry on, right? Regardless of the conditions, regardless of the circumstances. So whether you're up and pushing through, which, hey, it's easy when everybody's game is tight and you're mm-hmm. doing what you need to do and everything's going well, it's a lot harder to push through when things start to go wrong, you know? And so, so for me, that's, that's what the res- what resilience is. It's that battle tested, it's proven. And I think there's a self-confidence that comes, comes with that. When you know that you're resilient, it helps you and you'll see it in people. You know, you'll meet people every now and then. Um, you know, I hope that I'm seen as one of those people to folks that know me. But, you know, there's an inner peace and a confidence that you carry yourself. And especially when times are most stressful and maybe even at their worst. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my that's, so that's my take on it. Right? Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I think the one of the favorite definitions I have of resilience is, is you can recover readily from adversity. Yeah. So adversity is, you know, happens, something happens to you, yep. something maybe that you don't feel like you have control over, but, you know, and then not only that, but can you come out the other end, not only okay, but stronger yeah. on the back end, you know, and that yep. as another concept that, um, you know, called like being anti-fragile, mm-hmm. like not only can you just like take all these things that are thrown at you, but do you also come out the other end better than you went in? Yeah. You know, which is a big part of it for me. And um, you also mentioned a couple of things that I promise I didn't plant any of this stuff beforehand, but you're, yeah. you just, everybody will see if they know me, why my Jason and I get along. Yeah. It's freestyle. Because just, this is off the top of the, yeah, this is right. off the top of the 100%. dome. Yeah. But you said a couple of things that are huge for me is one that everybody's an athlete, mm-hmm. right? And that just really comes down to, um, how you're organizing your, your physical life in general and, and your training. Yep. Because people will say like, Oh, I don't like to exercise and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I don't really think of it as exercising. I think of it as training, yeah. right? So if you're you're an athlete, if you have a goal in mind, and then you work on training to reach that goal, yeah. not just exercising or going in just to feel like you're going to do something, right? But are you actually training for it? You yeah. Know, so. And I wonder if, if people get that. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about that, and, you know, we both have backgrounds in college sports, right? Yeah. And so I think saying that, it's, it's it doesn't need to be explained to a certain group of people. But then I wonder... If you had to elaborate, if you had, so the person that says to you, I don't like to exercise, mm-hmm. you know, just I'll turn the mic around for a second. But what, yeah. what do you, what do you, what's your response to that when you hear that from a person, you know, and you think about, well, how we define resilience mm-hmm. and when we think about training and training versus the person that doesn't have a goal. Like what's, what's your thoughts on that when the person says, yeah, I just don't like to exercise. I have no athletic background. Right. Yeah. I mean, what I usually ask them is what, what do they mean by exercise? Like what, what, a, what does that word mean to them? Yeah. You know, the same way I just ask you about resilience or whatever. Yeah. Um, because usually there's some negative connotation. They had some negative experience when they were younger or it just wasn't a big part of their life or, yeah. you know, maybe they were somebody who or maybe know, didn't feel good. Right. Maybe they're moving the wrong way, doing the wrong things, or not with a pre- proper supervision or guidance. And yeah, or their idea of exercise is, you know, some people love this, but, like, it's just, like, you know, clomping away on a treadmill forever, and that's the only thing they've ever done. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they haven't felt a part of a team. They weren't on, they didn't, they never tried a sport, or, you know, they don't understand the, the kind of benefits and the, the confidence you can get from, from lifting weights or something along yeah. those lines, you know? Um but I think when you just break it down for people and you say exercise is just kind of like, all right, I'm going to just like do something. I'm going to get my heart rate yeah. up or I'm going to do this thing. Whereas training is that very specific, like here's a, here's a goal that we have. 
How can we yep. work our way back from that goal? What are the things we need to do? What are the like signposts we're looking for along the way? Yeah. All that kind of stuff and give people some, some ownership over it. Yep. Um, and, and attach it to something that's important to them. You know, sometimes yeah. it's, it's in the past, it's just been somebody who, you know, all they want to do is be able to, you know, take the extreme example on one end and I just want to be able to, you know, play with my grandkids. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, training is going to get you there. Exercise yeah. might get you there. Exercise is like, you know, throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. But training is like, okay, can we just like zero in on the bullseye and then learn to yeah. throw a dart at the bullseye and get yeah. closer and closer as opposed to just like, here we go. <laughs> See, I like the word purposeful. Yeah. I think that that's, that's when I think of training. I think it's, 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 it's activities that are purposeful, right? Like whether that's to be able to play 18 rounds of golf and not feel like you're going to have to sleep for two days afterwards or like you said, run around. 18 rounds of golf, kids. maybe I would need to sleep for two days afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think you meant holes. But. Holes, yeah. Did I say rounds? Yeah, yeah. N- not one to swing the clubs, but yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, whatever your goals are, or if it's, you know, a road race or something like that, or your first half K or I mean, half marathon, right? 10 K, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's funny to me that whenever I hear, I don't like to exercise, a lot of times what I do in my head, which I don't know if this is right or wrong, is I almost associate that with you probably also don't like competition, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and I think, and as I challenge myself with some of my thinking and, and, and what I try to teach folks, I think that's probably not even correct. I think that the same way you can, you know, the same way we can say that there's an athlete in everyone, I think there's a competitor in everyone too. And I think it's just, it's just the 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 point in time that you find somebody you know someone could be ah, i don't really care about competition i don't really like to compete but there's moments in everyone's lives when you have to and i think we all definitely know the feeling of winning and we all like that mm-hmm. you know i think what people when people say they don't like the like to exercise it would be the same way as a person saying i don't like to compete when what i think that really means is one you don't like exercise because you haven't found the right exercise for you maybe you don't have a proper goal um those that say they don't like to compete, well, I think maybe what you really mean is you don't like to lose, you know, because we all like getting stuff, Yeah. you know, and winning usually gets you stuff. Yeah, you know? that's a fair point, I think, and just that sometimes maybe somebody had bad experiences because they, they never felt like they yeah. won at anything, yep. so they just choose not to compete so they don't lose, Yeah. right? I think that's one way to think about it for sure. I think it's always important to come back to the whole, like, you know, we we might sound like a couple of meatheads right now, just being like, oh, we're just gonna compete and like suck it up and blah blah blah. But I don't think I mean that's the point. Like you said, we just talked about how life yeah. is life is full of adversity, life is full of competition. You know, I think it's just a matter of finding something that speaks to you a yeah. little bit, um, and that can be from you know. And resilience obviously is not just a physical trait; it's a mental trait, it's an emotional trait. There's a lot of things that go into mindset it. for sure, right? And that can be built a multitude of different ways for sure. Um, you know, and, and I think the other thing I'll, I'd say about that is just that people say they don't like to exercise, they don't like to train, whatever it is. We can't deny the fact that life is physical, you know, yeah. and I, I will tell people, like, you know, humor me and just get started on something. Let's find something that you feel like you can sustain because your life's going to be better for it. Yeah. You know, and as a physical therapist and a strength coach, that largely is that's the biggest tool I use is, is exercise. And, yep. You know, it's because it's one of the most evidence-based ways and one of the most consistent ways to get people to a better place physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally. Um, and it's a foundation of health. You know, you know it's interesting because um, I think this will all connect. Um, but 
I, I, I'm thinking, you know, I think about people that you'll hear every now and then you hear about somebody that has a health issue. And sometimes people will describe that person. Oh, man, they were so healthy. They used to work out. They used to train. It's almost as if, you know, they're saying they were so healthy, they should not have gotten sick or they mm. should not have had that thing happen to them. And, you know, it almost justifies people's mindset of, well, there's no need to exercise, right? Like, we're all going to die. You know, we're all going to get old. We're all going to get wrinkles. We're all going to this. We're all going to that. You know, but but I wonder sometimes, you know, um, even those people that do um, get hit with some unfortunate disease or physical um, setback or something, right? I, I think I think the other side of it is imagine how much sooner that might have come on had they not been as healthy. Yeah. You know, or imagine how much more severe it would have been had they not been healthy. And And I wonder... If there's a way to make that the thought process, because mm-hmm. I don't know if it's one more so than the other, but it's definitely something I've heard before, you know. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, breast cancer in women, you know, um, it's, it's uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, a, it's much more common than we'd like it to be. Yeah. But you'll always, at least I shouldn't say always, but I've often heard folks, you know, comment on the level of health that that person might have had, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, pr- probably another topic for another day, and we have more time. But just <laughs> definitely something that I think of when I think of that mindset of you know resilience, right? You know, we think athletes, we think training, we think resilience. Then you start throwing in, you know, disease, injury. Um, you know, where does resilience fall into that, especially around injury prevention, which I know is your world. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that ties in actually nicely to the whole the point of what's the point of training you know mm-hmm. like i said it, it is to live a higher quality life for the time that you're here right and to have uh, as much of a health span as you can yeah like we all want to have a long lifespan but i actually think thinking about health span is more important yeah like we want to function as well as possible until as close to the end as possible agreed and then fall off a cliff and have it be fast yes right we don't yep. want to like you know be you know not able to function, not able to do anything for yourselves. You know, that's, that's the, that's the hope. Yeah. Well, and and it should be a fear because with, with medical advancements and what you see happening, I mean, people live a lot longer and it's not really living. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's like medical technology has the ability to keep you hanging on for a while. And, uh, you know, I I think, you know, we, we hope uh, at least some of us, I'm sure there's some people that want to live fast and die young. Right. (laughs) Uh, I don't understand that, but um, you know, speaking for myself as someone that wants to live many, many, many years, but most importantly, live many quality years, you know, I want to ride that train as long as I can, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think to myself, Hey, if, if I'm fortunate enough to make it to 100, why not be 100, but feel like I'm 80, mm-hmm. you know, and if unfortunately I go when I'm 85, I want to feel like I'm 60, you know, and I think that's possible because there are people out there. So if it can be done, why can't it be me? And yeah. I think it's, it's just the decisions that we make now. And I don't think it's ever too late either. I think, you know, within reason, right? Like the day that you're lying on your deathbed when you got five minutes left and you're taking your last breath and you're saying goodbyes, it's probably too late at that point, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's unfortunately regret. But if you're, you know, they say the, di- the, the, the work you put in in your 20s and 30s will pay dividends into your 40s, 50s, and even 60s, mm-hmm. you know? And even then, when you're in your 50s and 60s, you can still get started, and it'll still pay dividends. Yeah, so, never too late to start, you know. 
And we're getting deep over here. Yeah, well. I like it. I think it happens. 25 minutes in, we're talking about regrets on our deathbed. Oh, man. Hopefully lack of them. Yeah. Let's lighten it up. Right? Let's talk like athletes and right. training modalities and stuff like that. Just... We'll have to talk about it at some point. There's a, I don't know if you know, a guy named Peter Atia. Yeah. He's I've a heard the name. A yeah. doctor, a longevity yeah. guy. He's a big, I'm a big fan of his podcast and stuff. And yeah, yeah. He has a concept called the Centenarian Olympics. Yes. So he's like, what are, I think it's like 18 things that he yeah. wants to be able to do when he's 100. Yep. And there are stuff that sounds pretty innocuous. Like an example is like, can I get off the floor with yeah. like only like one point of support other than feet, like yep. both feet and one hand yep. on my own. Can yeah. I like, can I do a goblet squat with like 30 pounds? Yep. So pick up like a grandchild, that sort of thing. Yep. But that helps you work backwards. So he says, okay, if I want to do this at a hundred, what do I need to do at 90? What do I need to do at 80? We should do 60? an annual test, right? Once a year, we should test all of those. Come up with, with those, make sure we have our yeah. own version yeah. and then say, okay, what can you do? Yeah. But I think that point is interesting because sometimes you see athletes, especially high level athletes who mm -hmm. do really well. And then when their career ends their formalized career ends, they kind of fall off the cliff yeah. in terms of physical function and yep. health because they've only known one way of like, yeah. this is your whole job, your whole yep. life and people telling them what to do and all that kind of stuff yeah. all the time. So I think some of the what we're what I'm trying to do especially with some of the younger athletes is instill good training and health habits as young as possible so that they can carry those through and then when they're done with their sporting career their for, official sporting career they can still yeah. have those tools to hold on to get to versus have to yeah I mean that's that's what I think it comes down to it's, it's get to versus have to I think that's as a youth coach that's something I try and instill within the kids very early on like you know especially nowadays with the rising cost of youth sports and specialization, which we can definitely talk about all of that stuff. Yeah. I think that, you know, children for the most part that have parents that can make the commitment and the sacrifice to allow them to participate because there's a financial investment. Usually there's a time investment. Um, you know, there are days when mom and dad are tired, you know, we work longer hours than ever before. And now to say, okay, great. Now we got to go and get everyone loaded up in the car go to all different places, you know, that's a get to, mm -hmm. you know, when you're a kid and, and, you know, we're young children, they don't, they don't always perceive the benefits they get, but mm -hmm. that's for sure a get to, because not every kid is getting to do that, you know? And I know I definitely make a point of trying to stress that to any of the youth athletes that I work with is that number one, you're fortunate that you're here because you physically can do some things. And that's, that's something you shouldn't take for granted. Number yeah. two, you have parents that think this is important. They want to support your passions. And you've got coaches that want to be part of this and help you on your journey. You know, those are all things that you kind of got to have all those pieces together in order to really get an experience, an athletic experience. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about how easy that is for every kid in this country, let alone the world, to have that stuff, you know, that's really a get to. And I think when, when, the, when you see it, when the athletes get it, especially when the workouts aren't as fun, and the, the result, win or lose, was not what you had hoped it would mm -hmm. be. You can always circle back to that. That can be your touchstone. That can be your, hey, remember, like this is, you're here because you chose to be. Yeah. And you're here because you're fortunate enough to get to, right? And so I think that mindset will sustain you longer versus yeah. the, you have to. Right. Well, then that goes back to, we'll have to have, we'll have to do a separate podcast on sports specialization because yeah. that's a whole topic. Absolutely. Lots of, lots of literature, lots of statistics and stuff that yeah. I think are important to go over. Um, strong opinions in this room about it too. So it'd be a great topic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, um, I think we'll obviously have to come back to that one, but, um, the, the baseline of what you just said is just gratitude. 
Yeah. Like kids understand what goes into it. And obviously you're not trying to make kids feel guilty. Oh, mom no. and dad have to do all this stuff and all these people are here for you. Yeah. And you're not trying to force them into something they don't want to do. Yeah. But you're helping them understand like, hey, there's a lot that goes into this. Remember how lucky you are to be able to do this and be able to come out here and yeah. lose, lose a game. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever, go to Chuck E. Cheese after. Yeah. Or whatever it is. I think it's appreciation, right? Like, yeah. I think for sure it's not that we want to guilt any of the kids. I mean, as parents, as 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 athletes ourselves, right, you know, you know, that's not what you want. But I think, I think appreciation is definitely something that's healthy and it's good for everybody, you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with making sure that children, whether they're yours or you're just fortunate enough to be tasked with the care of them, right, as a coach, you've, these parents are saying, hey, I'm giving you my precious, a- my, my precious asset, which is my child, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping you can shape them, right? You know, I think it's it's just appreciation. Um, it's funny. I remember, you know, not directly related to sports, but I remember one of the first jobs I had after college was working for, uh, we won't name the company, but it was, you know, um, it was investment management. And uh, one of our clients was talking to me and we would have several conversations, you know, over the course of weeks and months and stuff. And he said to me one time, he said, you know, Jason, um, I want you to pull up one of my accounts here and tell me how much is in there. Several millions of dollars. And he's like, and how many accounts do I have with you guys? I said, well, you've got at least four or five. He said, yeah. And that account happens to be the, the least amount of money I have with you guys. So this person was a very wealthy individual. And he said, I'm asking you to look at that, Jason, because I want you to know something. I think you're a young person. You don't have kids yet. I said, nope, don't. Don't have kids yet. But he knew that was on the roadmap. Those plans. I wanted kids. And so he said, you know, I think if you got a good head on your shoulders, I think you'd be a good dad. And I'm going to give you some advice that I think will help you out. He said, I'm not showing you my accounts to brag. I'm just showing you what I have available to me for resources. I said, okay, understood. He said, now I have two sons and they're both adults, much older than you, families of their own, both of which are very successful in life. And I said, oh, well, you know, that's awesome. Good for you, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah. He goes, but one of the reasons why I think that is, Jason, is because I made sure that I spoiled them when they deserved it. I didn't just give them stuff, but when they deserved it, they got spoiled. And I made sure that I explained to them how I was able to do that, what it took. You know, you like having these really nice things. You like that dad was able to give you that. You like that you earned that and you got the best of this. And they say, yes, of course they do. He says, well, that's because dad worked hard. Dad was smart. Dad paid the price. And dad has this. And, he could sh- and he's like, I could show them. I could show them what I have. And that gift of appreciation was what drove my kids. And I think it would drive your kids and anybody else's kids. So my, my lesson for you, Jason, is if you have it and your children deserve it, give it to them. Don't hold it back. Give them everything you can, but make sure they understand how you were able to do it. Make sure they appreciate. And so I know we're talking the resilient athlete, but mm-hmm. mindset-wise, I think that, that that really kind of brings it all together. Like ultimately, you know, my goal as someone that wants to try to help build stronger resilient athletes is to make sure they understand appreciation appreciation for their body appreciation for the time and the preparation that it takes to achieve the goals they have and then most importantly just to be able to appreciate the fact that they have a life and they can shape that life to be whatever they want it to be with some hard work dedication and discipline damn that was deep that was well said i think that was like it So I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, actually. we should quit while we're ahead. Right, I think. <laughs> we got to leave it on that note. Yeah, but um, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about, and we'll get back on it later. For sure. But, um, we didn't get to like almost anything that we were planning on, which is good. Yeah. Um. So more for later. Right. Exactly. All right. Plenty left. 
Um, so, Jason, thank you very much for yeah. being on the podcast. Anytime, brother. Many, I'm good. sure. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to summarize what we just said. I'm going to leave the people with that today. Yes. So, work hard, work smart, pay the price, appreciate it, and be resilient. Rinse and repeat. That's right. Hey, everybody. Just a few quick things before you take off. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review if you found this podcast useful. The Resilient Athlete Project is brought to you by Wagner PT and Performance in Lakeville, Massachusetts, where I work with athletes of all ages to relieve pain and keep them in the game. For more information, or if you're interested in working with me, either in person or via remote consult, visit my website at www.wagnerptp.com. Also, don't forget to follow Wagner PT and Performance on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and reach out if you have any questions. Okay, everybody, thanks again, and we'll talk soon.